Milk, milkshake. Milkshake. Budgie. Budgie. Dude, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Budgie. Dude, what was I singing earlier? Budgie. No, it was, uh... Mantis. Oh, yeah, it might have been Mantis. <sighs> People love Earth. <laughs> Hear all songs. Fist. Dance your dance. Swing your doll. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> Timeless song. That's a, that's a Nate classic right there. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I watched that. I still that's have that on my YouTube channel. I don't know why. I wow. kept it on. I, I think I made it private, though. Okay, I was going to say, I can't. People can't love Earth. <laughs> I stand by what I said. <laughs> My man's doubling down. <laughs> I stand by it. Man, we could we could to. fill up an entire catalog of just Nate songs where you're just like riffing and... Riffing on some I'm trying, bullshit. I'm trying to think of the the greatest hits, you know. That was a good one. People of Earth, dance your dance, swing your dongs. <laughs> I also like uh, what was Eskimos in Ohio was a classic. That's a that's a that's a hit right there. Wow, I think that one is actually still online. Eskimos in Ohio on a killing rampage. We're all gonna die, oh so that is a uh that's a band that Tyler and I started called Vehicular Manslaughter. Vehicular Manslaughter, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. A thousand Soviet children marching towards the sun. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to find that anymore. Oh, I think Bandcamp, is- dude. Yes. You have it on Bandcamp, don't you? I'm looking it up now. What you oh, doing, I don't babe? Know if that's on here. You're making some fuck. Jerry's the funny thing is fuck. that that vehicular manslaughter is not on here. Next, but Boom Boom City is on here. <laughs> Let me. Is it on Bandcamp? Vehicular. The one you're singing is, unless it's in Boom City. Oh, Boom City is good. We should just do uh, artist. Yeah, vehicular manslaughter. I don't beneath the treads. That's not you. There's actually a band called Vehicular Man. Oh, there it is. That's got to be it. I yeah, oh yeah. 10,000 Soviet children marching towards the sun. <laughs> yeah. Dang, dude. The bones the bones man's bane. <laughs> dude, I got to hear this. Play this shit. Yeah, bones bones man's bane is pretty good. I'm listening. The bones, bones man's bane. <laughs> we'll set the bone man free. <laughs> the funny thing is, Tyler and I have like two like full unreleased albums of this stuff. Dude, I love it. It's like uh, Five Iron Frenzy's uh, Jesus. And it Nazareth is. Thing. It is like that. Boom City is actually pretty good. All right, let's. Uh, you keep referencing it, so let's play it. Dude, this is straight up Viagra Boys. Before Viagra Boys. <laughs> we need more vehicular manslaughter, Nate. There is more. It's just not released. Send me it.
<laughs> Boob City. I love. <laughs> yeah. Did you say pound cake earthquake? Pound cake earthquake. I yeah. don't know what that means, but. N nobody knows what it means. It's provocative. Gets the people going. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I hope you know I'm putting this in the episode. I don't know. I mean, it won't be able to go on. To, I'm going to uh, download it. I'm going to buy okay. it. Are you listening to Entering Burnsville? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to. Yeah, it's pretty good. Entering it's got Burnsville. some good lyrics. <laughs> Jamba juice, <laughs> dude. Tornado, yeah. <laughs> Jamba juice. All right, that's enough. <laughs> that's great. Jamba, jamba, jamba juice. I gotta pee. I think we just have to realize, like, with technology, we will not like. There's a lot of things that just don't, you know. I hated that that article where they were like, "We didn't need this." It was like, well, what is what a pretentious? I mean, I'm absolutely but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, come it's on, so like, pretentious. Because the one thing when I watched it, I go, you know what this does for me? Like, do you know what this does for me as a musician? Like, you probably don't know. Um, it's like as if I'm talking to the writer of this article, yeah. but you probably don't know what this means to me. But when I watch this, you want to know what I want to do immediately after? I want to go write fucking songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like it's. These are the things that like inspire people. You know what I mean? Like it's it's insanely inspiring and it's also humanizing for these people that were put on this pedestal that probably didn't actually want it or didn't ask for it or you know what I mean? Like it's just they just loved writing songs together. And because of all these social pressures and all this bullshit, it split them up. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah, you're you're putting I, all this added I, shit that, on it. And that it's person like, was was just trying to form. get. They were just trying to get some free clout. Yeah, 100%. well, there it was like it was, it was clickbait. Is probably what it was. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's nonsense. What like here's the thing. I couldn't even dude. read it. I like I I saw the headline. I read like a couple paragraphs, and I was like, dude, you're such a fucking piece of shit you're just dude, you're just getting clickbait go on dumb. go on letterboxd man this thing's got like a 4.6 rating like it's got so many five solid star rating it's, yeah it, it, here's the thing it's like there this is not for everybody it's eight hours of beatles rehearsing like yeah, yeah if if yeah, if absolutely. that sounds like a nightmare to you don't even bother 
But you know dude, I, mean? I watched it and I I couldn't help. I I mean I literally I wish it was eight more hours long. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I I almost cased it like. I mean, it also transports you to that to that era. You know what I mean, dude. And the when when Billy Preston did you get to that part yet? No, I didn't. The keyboard player. Oh yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome in the studio. Dude, yeah, yeah. When yeah. when he comes in, you just like you yep. see that like mutual admiration. Well, and he's I, just so like it. It makes me. It warms my. It's like watching. I I got really into Ted Lasso recently, but mm-hmm. it's like watching that, and you like watch that dude's face and his fucking smile, like ear to ear smile on his face as he's playing. It's like. It's just heartwarming, you know. Dude, what I mean? that's like, it's that's like, the thing. Like, so I it cool. choked me up because I was like, if I could distill what it means to play music with people, it's that. It's like the yep. that yep. that energy when he walks in the room and he sits down on the piano and he starts playing with them, and mm. you just see everyone just like get this huge burst of like positive yeah. energy. Well, I love it's it like, too. Cause John, John, like, you know, they're the biggest band in the world at that point. And John just like yeah. goes, well, we were hoping you'd play with us. Cause every, uh, it seems like, feels like every song has a keyboard part and you just see this dude's like shitting and grin. And, and just he's like, so, he's, he's so, so like, pumped. Yeah. And, and, and he goes, well, and then I think John goes, well, that takes care of that then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, yeah. they think like, oh, we don't want to bother you, buddy, because we know you're a busy musician. And he's like, and you can see it in his eyes. It's just like, are you kidding me? You're the fucking Beatles. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, of course I'll play with you. You know, like. But that's, that's the thing that, that is that so. That humility. That humility. Yeah, about yeah. The, the whole thing is like. They are the biggest band in the world, but but they have they this almost don't desire. even yeah they almost don't even don't even know it because they they're just well, kind of like no they I think it's part it's part of the um the conflict because okay. it's very clear it's very clear that Paul has this fundamental conflict which is they would like to go and play a club to three hundred people and play a show. Yep. It's impossible. They can't do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the last time yeah. they played a show, 60,000 people wanted Well, they tickets. keep wanting them to do it at this fucking, like, this, this like, ruin area in the... Right. In, yes. like, North Africa. <laughs> and, and Paul... And you can all see that, all four of them just, like... So funny. No. Like, I don't want to fucking yeah. do that. You know what I mean? They're like, just like, dude, this is just It's so too over, over the, the top. top. Yeah. You, can, you can tell. They just want to go... And because they they talk about Hamburg so much in this yeah thing. they're like I just want to go play uh, a show at the cavern in Hamburg you know what I mean like right they're just they're, like, they're just like they're like they're like well when we played in Hamburg this then and it's like dude that was like you know eight years ago for them and they were like little kids you know yep. they're in their mid they're their mid to late twenties now was fourteen when he joined the band yeah that's what I'm saying so it's yeah. like it's like they're in this weird place where it's that's, clear that's what I'm trying to get across is like those guys would have continued you know like everybody says yoko ono and all this other shit and they're saying like you know ruin the band it's like no motherfucker you ruin the band like your fucking obsession with them ruin their band you know what i mean like they just wanted to fucking play clubs it's they, super john, clear too that john that like they john george at least all four of them but like especially john i always thought the big contention was john and paul but it's not true like it's like it's all this added pressure that these guys kept remember like the dudes would come up and like talk to him and stuff like that and they just look at him like dude fuck off you know like just let me play you know what i mean like we just want to play yeah you know like oh is it good john is it is the air temperature and they're like dude we're in the middle of fucking maxwell silverhammer like fuck off you know what i mean like we're just making songs dude like let us tinker you know like It's so dumb. Like, and I'm looking at him, and I'm just like, it's all these twats that just kept fucking with them. If you just would have let them write their songs, and stop putting these pressures of like, we want you to be on the Baltic Sea and this ruin. It's like, dude, that's not. They're just making rock and roll music, it, dude. They're not even inter- reinventing the wheel. You know, like it wasn't interesting to them at the time. Yeah. Like, it's clear and, and and i think that's a big part of the conflict is that is that like it's clear 
that they all felt like disconnected from that version of the band that could just go play a club and play their favorite songs and play some of their original yeah, songs dude. and play some of the songs they loved. And it's clear like during the rehearsals that they just enjoyed playing together. Yep. You know? Yeah, abso- um, absolutely. And, and like like you said, like it dude, makes it's me not- miss like the blank page days when we were just or even the well, just you and me just writing songs. Yeah. That's what it that's what it brought me back to, dude. It was like it's me mm-hmm. and Nate, dude. Just make just jamming and, and working on tunes and working on, you know, just anything, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, yeah. I love that part about being in a band. And that's probably the one, the, the, the part that I miss now being solo. That's the one thing I miss the most is that feeling of just being like, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like, and then just riffing on it for a while. And I love it when they're like learning about, uh, get back and they're like something about arizona you know like and then he, and then he finally says tucson <laughs> and john just yeah. you can see john he just goes oh <laughs> you know what i mean he's like yeah that's the word tucson yeah. arizona you know i love that shit you know what i mean like yeah. i'm like oh man i eat that shit up it, it's just so i don't know how you can watch that and not be inspired dude it's just like i mean some people some people aren't artists some people don't right, like old right. music yeah i i like i said and i'm not gonna some, push some people aren't musicians i mean i'm i'm my, not gonna yeah my sister i'm not gonna push this on anybody you know dude my sister did it to me the other day she just goes honestly just don't like concerts anymore and i'm just like well that's the problem <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like it's, I, it's, it's fine it's yeah, fine. yeah. That's you just know? that's the way the world is now, man. It's you know, live music is not hold, held in such high esteem as it used to be, you know. It's it's just it's there you know. are louder, more colorful things in our face, you know, like that. Absolutely. Are. Yeah. So, I think like you know, I like once again, I'm not trying to like boomerize and gripe I know, about I, stuff. I, I feel like I'm doing the griping, but, but I'm not. But I I'm will just say this: to say, like, like how beautiful that was. You know, if like, if that. you want to like, if you care mm-hmm. that about what you are consuming, sometimes it require, especially this day and age it requires more from you than mm. it did maybe when you were younger. Yeah. And I'm not going to, uh, you know, begrudge anyone their choice of like what they want to do with their free time. But you know, like I, I do think like if all you're doing is just like, you know, watching the newest hot trash on Netflix or whatever, um, you might, uh, your your head might start to fill with hot air, you know, a little bit. And um <laughs> it it like I said, I, hey, if that's what if that's what you need to like relax, but it's just like, dude, sometimes it's like you it's worth the choice to say, "Hey, I'm going to watch this uh I know this movie is good. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch this thing. I'm going to read this book because it's good." You know, like and it might not be the easiest to digest. It might not be uh, the thing that's the loudest and brightest and most colorful, you know, like I, I trash talk a lot of populist entertainment. Um, and I understand that it's like escapist and I have escapist stuff, dude. I've been watching Harry Potter movies. I think they're super fun. I love Harry Potter. Harry Potter is my jam, dude. It's fucking, you know, so I, you know, you don't have to listen when I trash talk Marvel movies. It's, I, I watch Harry Potter movies, so yeah, you know I can give you my reasons why I think they're better, but what does it really matter? You know, it for doesn't. me, it's more it's it's honestly more. I just don't like the uh, well. It's hegemonous. the difference between you know recently the the biggest fault I have right now is like I constantly consume podcasts, and I need to sure. slow down because I I like at a certain point I'm not even retaining what's being said. I'm just kind of yeah. like. It's intention. That's what I'm. I'm yeah, advocating for. I'm intention. mindlessly like f- shoveling it in my ear, and and when I could be listening to tunes, you know, and and it's like I have a or really, watching good movies or, or reading good, good books yeah, or doing exactly. whatever. I like, mean, that's I'm, right what, now. You know. I'm I'm like 
I I've, I bought finally bought that writing better lyrics book. Nice. Um, and then I I have uh, Brave New World is going to be my next my next fiction uh, novel that I'm going to read. And uh, but yeah, I just haven't picked it up yet because I've just been shoveling content in my ear, and it's it's, it's easy for us to do that. Yeah, I'm not like I said. I'm not going to try to blame anyone, and we all do it, and we're all it's the same argument with, with like with video games. I have no problem playing a good video game, but when it when it when it consumes all your time, then it's kind of it's not good, you know. Like it's true. It's the whole moderation argument, and uh, it is it is moderation. You're right. Bringing it back, you know, that Beatles documentary. Watching that, all it did was just inspire me, and I think I think people need to look at it like that. Like, I don't know how if if you if you've never been a band before, it totally tracks, and I get like how you can think that that's not it's whatever. But if you've ever been a musician before and ever written music with other people other than yourself, like watching that Beatles documentary is just pure inspiration to me. It just literally just made me like so amped. It's like I'm one of those guys. Like I am a musician and I totally get like when <clears throat> when John looks at Paul when he finally comes up with the line or when George is like, Well, I could play this riff and it's just like fucking awesome and it's just like <laughs> Yeah, man, like that's that's what it's about. It's so beautiful to watch. And it yeah. honestly humanizes the Beatles. You know what I mean? These guys 100%. were like Dude, it, put it, on a pedestal. It, and hum- like, it humanizes them and it vindicates them, you know? Like they talk about the whole like John and George like getting into a fist fight and they just reveal like that's that never happened. It was media like yeah, nonsense. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. reading the newspaper, like, we never did that. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And like we talked about Yoko. It's like, yo, everyone was fine with Yoko. People yeah, didn't care cared. that she was around. Nobody, you know? nobody gave a shit. Be- because here's the deal. Here's the deal. It wasn't Yoko's fu- Yoko's fault in this regard. John was on his way out. You know what I mean? Like John was done with, with the, the band people. has their own conflict, for sure. Yeah, ex- exactly. But it's not but like John, in that moment, you see. It's not Yoko's fault. No, John it's John. It's 100% John, John. is completely, like, tapped out. He's like, yeah. I don't want to do Beatles shit anymore. Like, he he was, like, make like constantly making jokes. It was like how I felt when you and I were playing those last shows with Helio and we were looking at each other, and we are like, two yeah. more shows, one more show, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, three more shows. And it was like, finally, it was like, last show, you know, like if we, we were just looking at each other, last show, and then we can do our own thing, you know, like. Yeah, I think, I think for John, it's really clear that like, he knows like the juice is like not coming out, you know what I mean? And he says it, he's it's, like, it's I, not like, I, squeeze, I, don't, yeah. I don't have my, my voice isn't working on this. And it's like, I, I'm just feeling tired and I can't do this. And you know, it's like, it's just clear, like, dude, this is not coming easy to him, you know? No. Like. And it's well, and and that was the thing. It, what what Cooper would would uh, would always talk to me about. He, he would say, a lot of people don't realize, but like, that was John's band. Like he started that whole thing. Like that was it was. I always had this resentment for John because of Yoko Ono. I always thought like Paul McCartney was just this like bright eyed kid that just wanted to write all these good songs. And John kind of like kept him held back because he wanted to keep it psychedelic or whatever. I had a mm-hmm. stupid, reductive view of the Beatles when I was growing up. But after a lot of this, people had that view. So yeah, yeah. But 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 like when I growing up and realizing like life isn't like you know fucking you know rainbow sherbet farts and rainbows or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's it, it. You realize like. No, these guys had lives and they had their own things and 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 John was checked out. He was just like, I don't want to make I want to make other music. I want to make different yeah. things. Mm-hmm. I want to make different art, you know, like and and whether you think Yoko Ono's art is art or or not, it's just clear that like for some reason this chick like it she you know, it was I think, she was I mean, a, she was an after effect. It wasn't I think it was that- not her fault. He was out. He was out of the band. You could, if if you've ever been in a band, especially a band that broke up, you can see John had the yips. He was done. He was done. He was just like, I'm done with this. My personal take is anymore. that what 
John and Yoko did in the years after the Beatles were more uh, artistically fulfilling and, I mean, honestly, just kind of better than what they did, what John was writing in the last couple of years of the Beatles. Yeah. Well, John, and, and, and you know what got me into that was... Because John, uh, I think John's material on Abbey Road and Let It Be is probably the the weaker than for sure weaker than George who is on at the top of his game yeah and and weaker than Paul yeah so and um, and I also would, and also the imagine documentaries what what made me like reconcile with my Yoko Ono things I sure. still think she it like her art is bullshit but I also think that like yeah you know like she's she's a mo- she's a postmodern artist like what what also what also know. like fu- fucks with me is like she was there when like one of the atom bombs was dropped you know what i mean like she was <laughs> it's wild so that you know like it's like that's what i'm trying to say about about the cultural <clears throat> aspect of her of her relationship to the it band it made me I respect do her not, a little bit more i do not think people were kind to her no and i no. think she had a chip on her shoulder for ever I think mm-hmm. she still does now. I think that, um, you know, and, and honestly, like I've enjoyed some of her installations, uh, in DC, uh, as far as art goes, I think she's, a uh, you know, like there, there's the meme kind of stuff that she's put out of her, yeah. like, her screaming and whatever. I, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. As, as a, as a modern artist that she's definitely done some really interesting stuff. Um, and, and I think, you know, like let's just talk about, uh, you know, some of the, but I always some of the stuff that that, like, that that John that, and Yoko did was really good. Yeah, some of it that, was. So music is well, that's really why I, really that's good. That's why I said is like, after I watched Imagine the documentary Imagine, mm-hmm. um, there's also one on George Harrison that I've been meaning to watch. It's on HBO. I just yep. recommended it to Jeremy. It's very good. Yep, yep. Um, but the one with Imagine, I watched. And after watching Imagine, and it was it's just all about like he had George over and they they made the the album Imagine. And after I watched that, <clears throat> my last statement that I made to myself, like, I go, he needs Yoko, like he needed her. Yep, like yep. she helped him. Hundred percent. He was he was a dr- an addict and he had like some shit going on in his life. I don't she think he would have written Imagine if it wasn't for She pulled him her. out. She pulled him out of the muck. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I think in all, in she, all fairness, if he never got assassinated, John would probably be, like, a fat old Englishman, jolly old Englishman, and would have been happy with his life, and it wouldn't... You know what I mean? Like, I'd like to think of that world. That would be nice. You know? It'd be wild, you know? Yeah. It'd be great to see him, you know? Um, I, think, I think in that era... He found um, some peace, yeah, and was able to. You know, that, I mean, this that is was all the kind thing of speculation. that like, I understood is is like he was a highly anxious person, and she he, kind of he also she, knew his faults and his and his yep. the things he had done wrong, and right. like I, you know, he's not a perfect person. He, but I think. I think it's important to recognize w- how important it was to him that he change. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, you have Those to understand. Get back like, sessions, dude. Watching him like dick around, it was like, like it was like uh, it was like you and me joking around in the studio. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was just it. That whole thing, the get back thing, it just it humanized them, man. It made me realize what, that, like, yeah, 100%. we're all the same. Like, all of us artists, like, we all do this the same way. We're all fucking dicking yeah. around, and then finally we find a riff or we find a thing, and then we're sitting there being like, well, oh, this is blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I used to be, like, the biggest. I was like, Paul McCartney. That's, the, that's my Beatle. That's who I stand behind. <clears throat> and then I, I just kind of... <clears throat> I just kind of realized like that band couldn't exist without any one of those members. You know what I and mean? It, like, and it didn't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's it's, the proof, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like my, my first band, it was like, that wasn't really the case with us, but mm-hmm. with the Beatles. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can't, you know, 
even Ringo. It's like, dude, yeah, dude was like such a good hang, and he just like kept them calm, kept them like in in you know in line for as long as he could. Mm-hmm. I love Ringo now. Like I'm like I'm a big Ringo Starr fan now because yep. of watching that. Like I was like. What a good guy, you know. Like, and uh, dude, the the what, what brought it? To, I I actually started choking up is because it reminded me of when I found out like you were you know you were gonna go do your own thing and stuff like that. It was when uh, George is gone, John doesn't show up, and it's just Ringo and Paul, and Paul just goes, and then there were two, and then we're two, and yeah. then he starts choking <laughs> up, and I'm like. Yeah. You know what I mean? like I'm like dude, that scene is so mind blowing. That oh, whole sequence dude. is mind blowing. Like Ringo starts tearing up, Japal starts tearing up, and they just realize like this is the end of the Beatles, man. This is the last record we're gonna do. Like, can you imagine? Like, you're the biggest band. <laughs> it's ever. funny because it wasn't. They like immediately went on to do Abbey Road, like right after that. But yeah. Um, but all that to say. It's it's such an amazing. I I just can't believe how good it looks. And like I'm just gonna throw this out there, uh, from a technical standpoint. So what? So th- the way they recorded this, right? They had two Nagra um, tape decks recording the audio for the documentary, like at the time, right? Which are just like imagine just like two tape recorders recording you know, with a mic Mm -hmm. and what they did is so impressive. Yeah. That they were able to take that audio and split it up and make it into this, like, you know, movie that doesn't, you know, (laughs) like, like I, it's so hard. It's hard to even have a layman understand the, the amount of difficulty it is for them to, achieve this yeah it's so i love the scene where like john is like when george doesn't show up and john they don't think they're being recorded but somebody like put a tape deck oh yeah and it's just paul and john and they're just like oh man it's so intense it's crazy yeah absolutely crazy it's so cool. I I can't believe this exists. <laughs> I know. I know. I can't. Believe I feel it. like we're cheating. Like I feel like we're we're. It's it. The cool thing is that it just makes you a fly on the wall. You know. Yeah. To like yeah. watch that shit. Yeah. This makes me excited about other stuff like this. Although it's like I don't even know what else. You know. What yeah. else could even be like this? <laughs> no. Somebody can somebody make a Pink Floyd version of this? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what the the their last record with the full band? That would be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. With the with wall. Roger Waters. That was the last yeah. that was yeah. the last one, right? Or did the yeah. one dude get fired on the wall? I can't remember. I don't know, Keyboard but Roger guy. uh Jerry got us tickets uh last year for dad's birthday for Roger Waters from oh, me, nice. Jerry, and Dad. So, she's seen him a bunch of times. I've, yeah, I think I've you never mentioned seen that. Him. I've never seen him. I I go. I honestly just would rather watch Pink Floyd. But you know, uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm definitely in the David Gilmore camp myself. Yes. But uh, I, I don't really know where I stand on it. Um, it's just like one of those things where it's like I just know they're a great band that broke up and you know had this crazy falling out and. Yeah, I you mean, know. dude, it's it's tough. I I cannot pretend to understand what it's like to be that big. Bigg- yeah, to be the biggest band in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the. I don't let me got take. The I have a question, but can I take a leak real quick? Okay. Yeah, let me take a leak. Ugh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dig a pony, <laughs> and you can something everything you want. You can find everything you want because all I want, want is you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so this was the question that I had. So I was under the impression that the this this whole session was before Let It Be. But you said This is Let It Be. Yeah. So but Maxwell Silverhammer is on Abbey Road. Correct. So why are they getting why are they writing Maxwell Silverhammer on that? So I'm, I'm, they recorded this in January of 1969. Sure. In February of 1969, they went mm-hmm. into Abbey Road, and they started working on what would become Abbey Road. And okay, so the, uh, what, the, what they're filming is before they record Abbey Road. So these sessions mm-hmm. go on to become Let It Be, which comes out the following year. Right. They work on, so so I I don't want to say this this is the documentary is not misleading, right? In in any sense, but it's like it's not explaining that essentially they are they are working on the album that I'm going to immediately final, watch this one after we get off this podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna finish, you should finish you should, this, but. but but basically it's like they the you know the. About a couple weeks later, they they start they start in Abbey Road, and then like Ringo goes off to work on the movie that's at the um, right, 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 right. Uh, whatever, mm-hmm. what are the Twinkerton? <laughs> that's not the name of it. Twickenham, but Twickenham, right? Mm-hmm. He he goes he goes you know to work on that movie, and then they get back together like in April or something like that, and, and then they work on yeah. Well, no, they work they do Abbey Road, so. So I'm that's confused. why. So so this the get back get back is on. Let it be. Right. So get back and dig what? a pony. Yeah, yeah. And obviously let it be. Let it be. And, and uh, the the acoustic song. Yeah, yeah. What's that one called? You and me, or you, you and, and I, us. or you, uh, you, uh, you, um, Jesus, you and I, you and I, sanding paper. Yeah. And that's on that's the first track on there. What else is on there? Um there's what's, what's uh, the other they they do the that old song that uh nine oh nine song is on there. Mm-hmm. Um I Me the Mine. Other one, I Me Mine is on there. Yeah, so so all that I'll just say a bunch of those songs that they are doing in the Apple Studios. But, studio, but in the right? beginning of the first episode, they're recording Abbey Road, is what you're saying. No. So no, why are they writing Maxwell Silverhammer? That's what's confusing. So they are working on a new album. Right. And they're calling it the Get Back Sessions, right? Right. Because they're writing Get Back at that the time. That was the big one that Paul came up with. Yeah. Yes. So they're doing all that. Then I don't know why they decide to do this, but they do the. They obviously do the rooftop show. Mm-hmm. I think like the the seeds of discontent are pretty rooted in the band at that point that they do the show and obviously it's like clear that they are enjoying their time together yeah but then for whatever reason they decide to go to abbey road studio Mm -hmm. and you know i don't know if it's just because they want to cut bigger overdubs of songs like maxwell's silver hammer and stuff like that that's obviously on um that's obviously on abbey so they're, they're just practicing for the show but that that well, song no, is already they, written. they have they have every intention of making an album. But you, I mean, you in in the process, you're watching them cut the tracks. What I'm what right? I'm saying, what I'm well, I know because I have that Let It Be album, that original pressing Let It Be album. It's the only one my dad kept. He finally gave it to me, and the, I just saw John do the I dig a pygmy from you know like from the something yeah. something you don't know, like and I'm like shit that's on the record that's on the yeah. fucking record so yeah but a lot of this stuff goes on to be on let it be basically it's like why imagine, would they play matt why would they be writing maxwell silverhammer if it's already released it's that's not what, released that's the okay. that's the thing i'm trying to explain okay. there's two record like by the time they start the session so they basically release two records within they yeah they're basically i don't know if they intended to go to abbey road to like finish let it be or like mm-hmm. the the record they, you know, the get back yeah. session, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if they were like, oh, let's just go to Abbey Road and finish this thing. So it's and basically like, the whole thing is about the documentary about Abbey Road and Let It Be. Is what I'm asking. Well, I mean, 
they're or they already had the, those like come together and all those big ones and then I don't I don't think so. I mean, they play a lot of songs from Abbey Road, yeah, but they I don't know. play Come Together. So I don't think that song was probably written yet. No. But okay. like she's so heavy. Obviously yeah. they play that. Well, she's maybe you haven't so gotten it. That song's so bad. They play that with Billy, which yeah, is kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh what else? Obviously Maxwell Silver Hammer is mm-hmm. on there. Octopus's Garden. Yep. I'd like uh, to be yeah, but, I love so they're Ringo, playing, dude. I, I, I've, yeah. I've, I've grown an extreme appreciation for Ringo. Peace and love, peace and love, Ringo. Yeah, peace and something. Love. So it's like they have all these songs, and mm. that might be why they decided to go to Abbey Road. Like I said, maybe in their minds it's one album, but then, but it becomes like, two. Yeah, well, I mean, even Abbey Road is like a double album. But so you still haven't it, I- explained it. So it was like this whole documentary, it's about both of those albums or it's just about Let It Be? Because I was on the impression. It's not, it's, about, just, it's not about either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about this session that they did and oh, the rooftop okay. concert. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. You, you have to more think of about it as like that instead of thinking about They're albums. They're gearing gotta, up for a show. They know two things. They want to play a show because they haven't played in like three years mm-hmm. and they want to put out an album. So those two things being true, they're working on an album, which no one even you never hear anyone suggest even that the, the album is called Let It Be or anything else. So it's clear that in their minds, they're working on one album. So what happens after the documentary? It's hard to say, but my my my. Uh, you know, my guess would be that they are basically going to Abbey Road to try to finish the record and they end up recording a ton of songs and they go, you know, and all honestly, at that time when they actually do record uh, Abbey Road is when they really truly break up. So, so Abbey Road you know. was their last record. Abbey Road was the last record they recorded and. See, that's the, the okay. So that's where I'm confused because my dad told me and maybe maybe he didn't tell me, maybe I just heard him wrong, but I was under the impression that Let It Be was their last record. I was under the impression It came that, out after Abbey Road. That's why everyone That's why anyone uh, who who's never done any like digging on deep it. Deep dig. Would, okay. Yeah. So it's basically just so they was, recorded But that doesn't necessarily mean that they recorded those songs before uh, or after Abbey Road, that just means it was released after Abbey Road. You, Got you're it. Wa- you know, in the documentary, you're watching them record songs for Let It Be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there but you then, go. Like I said, they have Maxwell Silverhammer, and I'm like, that is an Abbey Road song. And so. and also, Oh Darling is on. Yep, uh, mm-hmm. is on Abbey Road. So and they're playing that the whole time. Oh, that's like one me, of the darling. first songs they they they're working oh, on. So. Darling. So it's like it's that's what I'm saying. Like I, I think it's it's easier to just think of it as they have a bunch of recording sessions and they're trying to put together an album. And I don't know why the decision gets made, but they decide that they're going to do an album called Abbey Road. Honestly, they might have thought that they were going to put all the Let It Be songs on there too. They might have thought that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And from my understanding, I think the Get Back single came out before any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did put out Get Back and then whatever the B-side is as a single like before they even went to Abbey Road. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. And then and then, yeah, during the Abbey Road sessions, I think is where the the final threads of the band kind of came came loose and John quit and Paul quit. And uh, like basically like like I think that album came out in like September and I think they quit like right after that, basically. <laughs> so yeah. So then Let It Be came out after the band had broken up. Right. The next year. Okay, so, so it was just kind of like a re- record label being like, well, we got these, though. I don't know if it was even the record label. It might have been the band. I, I That's hard for me to say. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't. It's not something I I would have knowledge of at this point, but God, um, dude, long and winding winding road is such a good song too. And yeah. seeing Paul like figure that out, it's <sighs> pretty crazy. They're such a good fucking band, man. Right band for the right time. Yep, hundred percent. Yep. That's just how it is. But do you want to just do Beatles songs? <laughs> <laughs> we already did that. Uh, I know. 
Just go yeah. listen to the Beatles, people. <laughs> dude, I don't want to. Do, let's 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 get people. off the Beatles and and honestly, dude, I I forgot to do tell you with the last episode, but bro, you got me into that indoor pets record, man, and oh my oh, god, nice. dude, I've been just jamming that like for the <laughs> last like couple weeks. It's good, isn't it, dude? I listened to it on opening day, and I missed a buck, and then the next day I listened to it again, and then I shot the buck. So I mean, it was nice. a good luck charm for sure. Dude, that high song is so sick, dude. Yeah. I'll never get that high. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was so the first song sick. of theirs I heard, and I was like, "Whoa, this is my and jam, then bro." Editing it, uh, I rediscovered uh, "Say Anything" in Reverie. I re-listened to that record a couple times too. So, what wags. are you doing? Bedtime. Bedtime. Night wags. Night wags. You gotta stay up. You gotta stay up. <laughs> I'd rather die. <laughs> She'd rather die than stay up. Night wags. Bye bye. Uh huh. Bye bye. She says. Bye bye. Um. It's normal. Yeah, dude. I was jamming that so hard. I love that freaking band. Sick. It was good, man. That was a very good uh, discovery for me. So thank you. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> Little power well, pop never hurt hurt anybody. Never does. Oh man. I haven't been listening to anything. Nothing. Nothing. You've no, been just more so like probably editing. Like a month. Yeah, I've been in I've been in the crazy mix world and just busy and then when I'm not doing that I'm listening to podcasts or whatever just because I need to not listen to music nonstop when I'm Working on music nonstop, so for sure. That's hats gotta buy. Oh man, for oh. better or worse. I'm trying to think of what year this was released, but I think I got a good one. So yeah, so I guess I'll we'll get into it. Uh, no. Since we're doing uh, late 60s, early 70s, this is more early 70s, but uh, I've got a track for you. We're going to go with Simon and Garfunkel. The song is The Only Living Boy in New York. Okay. Let me know when you're ready. It's off of the album Bridge Over Troubled Water. Okay, count me down. Three, two, one, play. Great bass playing too. Oh yeah. That was the thing too with with Paul, man. Is like multi instrumentalist, but motherfucker could rip on that bass, man. <laughs> he had a style. Not to for br- sure. not to bring it back to the Beatles, but it's all right. It wasn't like he was like keeping the rhythm, you know, what I mean? like or he was keeping like the rhythm section in check. It was like. He's just a great bass player, man. In his own right. He had his own voice, his own way of playing, you know. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's hard to even <laughs> you know, like yeah. it everything that that needs to be said has been said about them and about Let's talk about Simon and Garfunkel. This song is sick. Simon Gar, dude. Honestly, I don't really know much about Simon Garfunkel. I don't. E- I don't either. But this one song w- has been in too many good movies, 
good indie flicks that I really liked, and and I just kind of got a deep dive on them, and after a while, I just realized that this is the one. Oh yeah, that, I mean, I, I dig, I dig the song, I dig a lot of their songs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, I just never, I've never really like been into them enough that I like have dove in and like listen to their records a bunch or anything like that but obviously like they make you know just nice nice music this was the one song this song like got me like really into them and then i did a deep dive and i was like yeah i was like yeah some of the songs are great and some of them are cheesy but i was like this song is just really a really good euphoric song to me just like yeah. something I'd listen to, you know, while trotting around in Central Park or somewhere in New York. You know what I mean? I would love like having this in the earbuds while I'm just like walk bumming around. You know, um, I love the like vocal harmonies and stuff like that. That are like, oh yeah, ethereal cool. vocals. It's cool. Wow, it's definitely yeah, influenced it's a couple of my tunes. This this one track has probably influenced a couple of my tunes. So. Uh, yeah, man. This guy is influenced by Simon and Garfunkel. Garfunkel. <laughs> wow, what a dork. I always love the Chris Kattan, Will Ferrell, Simon and Garfunkel sketch where they, yeah. they're like, it's Thanksgiving time. I'm so lost without you. Without you. And they end up making out. At the- <laughs> it's classic. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> <laughs> That's classic millennial yeah. garbage. <laughs> That's how you know when we're talking about Chris Kattan. That's how you know you're a millennial. <sighs> the guy that the comedian that never got his due, man. That guy was so fucking funny. I mean, I feel like I haven't seen him in ages. Dude, he's he like do? nowhere. He's nowhere. But oh my god, his fucking like uh, deep south like litigator sketch just makes me like lose oh, yeah. my marbles just well we used to watch his like, day true do you have a sit day drinking bubba time. <laughs> all the time i man. literally showed uh, i showed a zoomer that sketch like i so millennial showing a zoomer like <laughs> dude you don't get saturday night live until you watch this you know what i mean like and i showed him that and he is like die like rolling on the floor la- like really? just dying laughing he's like how have I never seen this? I was like, "You're too young, man." <laughs> you know, she's like, "You're too young to know the brilliance of Chris Kattan, man." You just never, you never heard of him because he just he didn't blow up like Will Ferrell did, you know? Yeah, but I think he was, Chris Kattan, his was humor like, was pretty universal, though. Like, so because he was he was just funny. doing like goofball stuff. You but know? that's what was awesome about it. It was like it wasn't political. It wasn't bullshit. It wasn't like. It was just funny as shit. Ah, yeah. yeah, dude, he was so fucking funny. I miss that era for sure. Oh, dude, his says his one, says everyone ever who I, gets older. I know. I literally like Corky Romano. I can quote that movie so. Much. <laughs> I, I okay. I've never seen Corky Romano. So good. That might be part of his problem is that he did that movie though. It might have been. But there's so much funny. I don't shit think that movie, movie has a lot of. Uh, it doesn't have any clout, but it's it's yeah. so fucking funny, man. Anyway, yeah, I agree. You got a tune for me? Uh yeah. You know what I want to do, do is an old chestnut song I haven't thought about in forever. Mm-hmm. Probably a decade. All right. The band is called. The Jezebels. And the song is called A Little Piece. Off of which record? She's So Hard. Uh, Dark Storm. Okay. A Little Piece. Alright. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, play. Thank you. 
tune. The drums are sick in that song, dude. Absolutely. I think I I like I like a bunch of their songs, but man, the last thirty seconds of that song just slays. <laughs> make make the whole thing worth it, you know? <laughs> it just like kind of reaches such an apex uh, with the drums doing the crazy that crazy riff and the super high vocal layer mm-hmm. thing. It's awesome. I don't remember if you if you and I listened to this much. No. This is the first time I'm This is a band that I was super into about the same time we were into stuff like Scattered Trees and stuff like that. Mm. Um, You may have, you know, my memory sucks. You remember, like, you you remember, like, it's crazy. You remember a lot of the shows we played. I don't remember a lot from that time. I think think we both have selective memory for different shows. Yeah. I, I, I just think I got too drunk. Like during some <laughs> the later the later blank page stuff, it was like I was too, a little too drunk. But fair enough. Um, you probably did. Yeah, I don't. So that don't was remember. like when we recorded Sleeping Sound. Yeah, I would have been really into this at the time. Mm. Um, I probably heard it and I was like, "That's sick." <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, it, you know? yeah, it is. They have they have a lot of good stuff. Uh, they got a song on Prisoner. They got a couple songs on the record Prisoner. I really like one's called Horsehead. I like that song a lot. Mm. They got a lot of they got a lot of a lot of good songs. I mean, they're just kind of like a. I just feel like I kind of miss when indie bands sounded like this. They when they were just kind of like bands. I do too. You know what I mean? I it's just too. like oh yeah, these guys play the guitar and then play the drums and then they sing. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. <laughs> yeah, man. I, you know. I, I get that, man. I, I, yeah. I feel the Once exact, again, that's old man, the, old man energy. <laughs> yeah, it's not though. I, it just, it just to me, it sounds better. But maybe that makes me an old man. I, I don't, don't know, know if it sounds better. It's just like I miss that thing because a lot of I you too. know, my myself included, just like we just, it's not really like a thing that people are trying to do. No, no. You know, I miss that 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 part in indie rock for sure. Like where it was like. You know that era of like when now now came out with with threads and 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 uh, yeah this would have been about that time scattered trees had uh, uh, five minutes you know um, that era was it was it was a very big highlight for me in that in that kind of scene and it was a very small scene you know like it's not it wasn't like a nationally renowned if it was it was very you know small time small potatoes but i miss that teeny teeny potatoes i miss that you know it 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 seemed like there was like a lot of potential for the music scene now i just don't i don't see a lot of it and maybe that i also i also feel like well i mean like i'm not trying to make a judgment on today's music scene yeah yeah. it's just not there's no point Mm -hmm. um but my my feeling is just like that. Uh, Even that, friends that bands, bands that we were friends with at that time, it was like they were making great stuff. We were making you know our better stuff. It was just it goes thing. to it goes to prove the point I'm trying to make, which is just like it. Should, it was just like a special time for us. So therefore, a special time. You know. Yeah, maybe we're 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 like looking at it and ro- with rose-colored glasses. Is what you're saying? Uh, it it doesn't have to be that. Even I think yeah. it just has to be like everybody. It I don't know anyone who can completely avoid nostalgia. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I I'm pretty I'm pretty black-hearted when it comes to nostalgia stuff. Like I'm not. Yes, I'm you are. Certainly not that. <laughs> I'm not that nostalgic. Yeah. Um, in general, I'm really not, uh, especially not for like my own, my own time. I'm like nostalgic for the sixties, but I wasn't alive. So it's like hard to, right. Right. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. is that? What is that? You know, I don't really know, but it's, it's like, the, it's the eighties part do, you know what I mean? The eighties. Like, I'm not. Eighties were the, the 80s. part do of the sixties. I think. Were they? No, what I'm saying is, is like. You were younger when you when you when you heard first heard this, and then you just like I don't know. You attach a memory to it, and 
I think it's this the same time thing with 70s music, 70s rock and roll for me, that's why I miss it because you know, when I was a kid growing up in the 90s, this is what my dad raised me on. So it's like it, I miss that era, but it's like I'm not really missing the actual 70s because I don't even know what the fuck that was. You know what I mean? Like I, all I I'm knew more is trying if to say listening like, to rock and roll, I'm playing I'm playing around with my grandpa's guns and out in the woods with my dad. You know what I mean? Like so it just transports yeah. me into that that time, you know. But it's not the actual I'm more 70s. trying to say that we that that you and I we had this period of time from like two thousand seven to two thousand twelve. 13 let's say even mm-hmm. um that was like those sort of six years were like th- that was the time that we were like writing music and in a music community and like doing the and somewhat stuff. relevant <laughs> yeah relevant to our community like right i don't know that we were more relevant then than we were now <laughs> yeah, yeah. from I, I guess i'm speaking for myself i don't know that that's true sure um but it's like uh but that's the t- that's the time where we were like connected and with with other people so um i think that like what a what a lot of people like associate with like their college years or whatever i don't have any i don't care about college at all i, I consider my year. college years like my band years you know like, that's what i'm saying to yeah. me those six years were that was akin, college akin to that. So, yeah. um, so that's what I would say is like the, that time is like pretty special to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, if I was ever to have nostalgia, I would have it for that period of time, mostly from like 2010 to 2000, I guess until I left Minnesota 2015. For sure. That would be the time I'm most, <laughs> I mean, it's not that long ago, but that's the time I kind of look back with, you know, I, I, I really truly miss a lot of my Minneapolis friends. I'm so excited to see them, uh, most, hopefully most of them Mm -hmm. this Christmas time. So I talked to Michael Gay today. Oh, dude, we're gonna, we're gonna connect and I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be a nice long laundry list of people I'll get to see. Hopefully fingers crossed. So dude, be amazing. One of my favorite memories was being, remember when we got snowed out at that one show when he played with Author? That's one of my fondest memories. And I smoked a cigarette with uh, Eric uh, Wickstrom, who was on tour. With Eric Wickstrom? Yeah, he was. was I didn't even know you did that. He was on the road with us with, uh, uh, we'd either bring him or, or Brendan. I do in remember the, the they were both. Page. Yeah, Brendan was there too. Brendan, Brendan was with Blank Page mostly, and and Eric was no, no. So Brendan would tour with us as our as our audio guy. Yeah. Um, and then Eric sometimes if we did like local little local tours, and we were somewhere in I think we were in Brainerd or something like that. Yeah, it was somewhere like that. Somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. But we played with Author, and when Michael Gay was playing drums for Author, and uh, that was really like the first time I and Cameron was got in, to know was him. Cameron was our drummer. Yeah, and I remember him and Trevor, uh, like Gay and Trevor, would were recording stuff, and then we walked with a couple of the fans that were staying at the place because we got it got it was so snowy and cold that we we were like we're not driving tonight so we just stayed at that venue and i went to go get yep. a pack of marlboro reds and eric wickstrom was like let me bum one of those <laughs> <laughs> i i didn't know that part he of goes story. i it's normally like particular. pipe tobacco but let me bum one of those so he bought bum one of my reds and we smoked the whole pack i think that night um i want to do that i want to smoke cigarettes with eric yeah right i do too Sounds amazing. I'm just, I don't even care if he wants to. I'm I'd be force content him. with just smoking a pack of cigarettes, but I can't. Um, oh, you just want the cigarettes? You don't care about the company? Nah. <laughs> Papa, want, Papa wants his sickies. Dude, I'll Sick. always miss it, man. I. It'll be a true addict. Three years now. That's awesome. almost three years without a cigarette, yeah. And I still miss it every goddamn day. 
<laughs> well, I think that's 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 what you call a addiction. Yeah. Cool, man. You ready to wrap? Sure. Well, hey guys, thank you for tuning in to Sultans of Slap. We'll see you next time. Budgie. Every time. That's my sign off. Minds to watch all